And I love what Pastor Chris said. I love it so much. I love it more than 100%. Discover personally how the Word of God can affect and make a change in your life through the ministry of Pastor Chris Ross. Pastor Chris is the founder of Breakthrough Ministries International Church with multiple branches in South Africa and abroad. He is a healing evangelist for the Jesus the Answer Outreach Ministry, an outreach crusade bringing healing, deliverance and breakthrough to many people. Breakthrough Ministries International is a vibrant church with young, energetic people full of zeal and fire for the Lord. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast channel to receive new messages every week. Now, let's listen to Pastor Chris. Thank you. Merry Christmas to all of you. I'm so happy to see all of you this morning. And I'm sure you're all excited to be here. Are you? We were blessed by this wonderful ministry of song and dance. And we will also be blessed by the ministry of the word. Beautiful. Now, as is my custom, I uh, bring my family to the stage to bring you Christmas greetings. Last week, I said that you must bring gifts for the tree. I don't see any gifts there. I was hoping I would at least find one gift with my name on. I have some gifts today to give to people. I feel like Father Christmas today. The older I get, the more I feel like Father Christmas. So there'll be some 
fortunate people in the place today. We also want to welcome our missionary from East London. Just clap for I was wondering if I should let her greet, but I think she speaks too long, so it's a Christmas service. Sit down, slightly pants. And then whoever is visiting here, feel free. This is Breakthrough Ministries International, the church that cares, transforms, and empowers. It's the greatest church south of the Sahara Desert. And if you don't have a church and you're looking for a church, your search for a church ends here, right now. Clap for Jesus. Can I call my wife, my daughter, my son, and my other son will be speaking to us from the USA. Amen. Clap for them. They are here to bring Christmas greetings. They don't like this day because they are forced. There's no escape from this. Amen. First to LP. I can use my mic. Good morning, BMI. Are you all happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. Special greeting to all our first-time visitors here this morning. And a very special greeting to my sister all the way from New Zealand. If she can stand. She arrived yesterday, and that's how we greet at BMI. So I'm sure you feel relaxed and happy. Amen. Um, like uh, Pastor Virgie said earlier, with Christmas Day, it's a hustle and a bustle around everything, making sure that you get yourself the best gift, and making sure that the, the, the lunch is sorted out, and that you have the perfect garment for this special day. And it is so easy, easily you can be sidetracked by all these things around us and forget what this, this day really means to us. And um, I want to wish all of you a blessed Christmas day. Um, I want to say that as we celebrate Christmas, the birth of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. We cannot be without His presence. We will be lost without the presence of God. His presence that brings us healing, transformation, that gives us life and life eternal. And today, um, as we celebrate this day, I want to wish you joy, hope, peace, and love. May God bless you all. Amen. Good morning, family. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know why my mic is so loud. <laughs> my daddy was like, don't preach when you get up there. But good morning, everyone. I, it's such a blessing to see everyone sitting so comfortably uh, this morning, this Christmas, because last year Christmas, I was coming up the stairs with sand in my shoes, and I was like trying to kick it off before I had to say something. But look what the Lord has done. I mean, God is so good. God is really good. It's been such a, um, such a great year for us as a church. You know, I, 
I, I made a, a, a little um, boo-boo on my, when I was hosting the Thrill of Hope show, I said, oh, it was the year of building this year. But it wasn't, it was the year of gathering. And <laughs> I didn't even realize, because God was pushing us, you know, to build. His hand was really with us. So I'm just so amazed at what God has done this year, and I'm so excited for next year. I'm not sure what's going to happen, um, where we're going to be, what we're going to do, but I know it's going to be great, and I can't wait to be a part of that. And I want to wish you a Merry Christmas, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful time with your families and your friends, the people closest to you. And I really hope that everyone will be safe this season, that we come back next year, that every one of us will come back next year safe and sound and energized and ready for the new year. So God richly bless all of you. <laughs> Greetings, everyone. Um, I got the warning that I mustn't make jokes from the stage, so I'm professional, I'm serious today. <laughs> so greetings in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What a privilege and honor it is to stand today here before you on this Christmas Eve. You know, let me tell you a story. Yesterday, me and my wife got back from a small vacation or a small holiday. And then we got, no? <laughs> and then we got like, Photos from Pastor, we have this group, uh, then Pastor sent us photos, he's cleaning the church, man. So me and Jamie were laughing so, because we thought everyone must be by their families and like, but we saw photos of people still mopping the floor and stuff. So we came after, so we came after our trip, we came straight to church and then he said, who else is going to do the work? You on holiday, who else? A senior pastor of the church is cleaning the church. It's such a good example to us and I'm so blessed to even call him my dad this morning. Uh... Greetings. Okay, let me wish you Merry Christmas to everyone, to all the family. Let's not forget today is about Jesus Christ and not about the food and the gammon you're going to eat this afternoon. Forget about the food. Let us worship Jesus Christ. He's the one. He's the reason that we are still alive. We were standing here. And I hope everyone enjoys the day. Thank you. Praise the Lord. If you guys can work on the monitors, we can't hear on the stage. It would be great. Now, Jason's going to greet from the U.S. Evans is going to uh, sort that out quickly. So, the screen is not great. Pastor Charlie is buying us a new projector soon. And uh, I, was, I was thrilled when my, my wife introduced her sister all the way from New Zealand. I also have a sister who flew all the way from the Republic of Elsie's River. Can she stand? She's right there. Yeah, that's my sister. She had to cross the river of Elsis to come here. In case you don't know, she's my sister, baby sister. Let's hear what this pastor has to say from, he's in Texas now, Dallas, Texas. You know Dallas? J.R. Ewing? Bobby? He's there. Okay. Good evening everybody. What a blessing it is just to say Merry Christmas to all of you. I am in Dallas, Texas at the moment and we just like to share my love from the US and I'm currently staying with my roommate and he's my friend. His name is Ian and we're staying with his family and his dad is South African and his dad knows 
how fast the pasta cooks really well and they've taken me in and allowed me to stay with them for the Christmas break and it's been such a blessing being with them and I'm thankful to have Christian friends and brothers in Christ that I can able to share my time with while I'm over here and I just hope that everybody will have a wonderful day a wonderful festive season and a wonderful break I just finished school a few weeks ago and we have a short break before we start the second part of my schooling so I'm just thankful that I'm able to get the short break I'm able I'm thankful that I can still share Christmas with believers not just in South Africa but all over the world and I just hope everybody have a great day I love you all and I can't wait to see you also Merry Christmas Wonderful from Jason Now Today we have our calendars for 2023 available at the back. I was really in a Christmas mood and I wanted to give you all a free calendar. But LPD said no, we can't do that. Otherwise we find calendars lying all over in the toilet, everywhere. People don't appreciate free things. So I think for 10 Rand, you can get you the first people to get the latest 2023 I'm talking about this early in January, the year of enlargement for us is the year of enlargement. So I think it's 10 rand at the back. If you don't have a 10 rand, put up your hand. I want to give you this calendar for free. Come. Only one. You must share the calendar. If you want to look at the date, she lives not far from you. All right, but now I have gifts for people. Um, if you don't have a Bible, you see, it's very important. Put up your hand if you don't have a Bible. I found this Bible in the back of the church. I opened it up and it says, Saskia Julius. Come fetch your Bible. You throw your Bible. I don't know what you've been reading from Monday to Sunday. Forgive. You got it for free. That's the problem. That's the problem. I'm here to give out some Bibles. I can only give what is here. So if you really don't have a Bible and you'd like to have a Bible, it's in English. Put up your hand. Let me see. Come to me. I give you a Bible. Bring the Bibles to me. Come quickly. If you come late, there's only 30. The first 30 is going to get. But you must really not have a Bible. And you must be able to read English. Two things. You must not have a Bible. And you must read English. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You must not have a Bible. Really, she put up a hand. Your pa can feel Bible Koopman. Can you read English? Oh, I, I might not have enough. But it's still working. Free Bibles. The best book to read is the Bible. The best gift to receive is the word of God. Best Yesterday. Let me first give to the yeah. Right now is the last few. Okay, no, 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 not for the little kids. Let me rather give to those who can read. 
Can you read? That's all I have. That's all I have. I'm sorry. Uh, the children, the children, there was another big person here that I that had to turn around. Not a big, but a, a boy or a girl, was it? Come to me. The children are going to get other gifts from me after service when I put on my Father Christmas suit. <laughs> you must read the Bible, boy, every day. Amen. Beautiful. Somebody said we must have a short service today because of the Christmas lunch. So I'll try to do that. Amen. If you have Bibles, Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2 verse 18. No? It's Matthew chapter 1, sorry. Matthias Yen 18. Let me see who's visiting here. I didn't see I was, my face was to the, who's here for the first time? Beautiful. You are welcome, eh? You are so welcome. You are so welcome. We have our next service, not Saturday night because of the transport difficulties. We're going to have it on the Sunday, which is the 1st of January. Right here at 9.30. All right? Everybody understand? Yeah, we normally had it on the Saturday night, right up to 12 o'clock, and then we pray into the new year. But the, the, the practicalities is just that it's dangerous for people to walk home in the night. So we opted for the common sense idea, rather to have it the Sunday morning. So you can be at your homes and celebrate as the old year click, ticks over into the new year. And then if you, if you don't go sleep too late, you must be in church on Sunday. Can I have an amen? amen? Coming to church is free. You don't have to pay at the gate. Is it wonderful? Praise the Lord. I want to speak to you this morning about seven revelations from the Christmas story. Seven revelations from the Christmas story. Matthew chapter 1 verse 18. We're going to read NLT version. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophets. Look, the prophet said, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, 
he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. And the last verse is verse 25. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Father, we pray that as we hear the word, we will hear your voice speaking to us. Touch us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Seven revelations from the Christmas story. There are many, many revelations that we can glean from the Christmas story. I just want to share with you seven. Then we can go home to chicken, gammon, anything else that you have prepared to eat. Amen. Now, this is the miracle of a birth where there was no sexual relations. Amen? It's the only account like this. You've heard my story once of a woman who came and said she's pregnant and the mother still came to me and said the demon has made her pregnant because the child didn't want to say who the boyfriend was. So if I was now foolish, I would have rebuked the demon but I told the mother, it's only Jesus who had such a birth. Are you with me? Only Jesus that was born without the man being involved. Because the Bible says he was born of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. But here's the first of the seven uh, revelations. And this is that a miracle. You see, this is a miracle birth. Do you believe it's a miracle birth? A miracle is a slight variation of the normal theme. In other words, it, things can look very normal, but there's a slight change in the normality. Giving birth is normal, isn't it? Woman being pregnant is also normal, isn't it? But the one thing that's different is there was no man to give her seed. Are you with me? That's the variation. And sometimes you can't spot the variation and you might think, God is not here, but God is here. You must be able to spot the variation. Now, the variation is in some places in the Bible, it's called the glory of God. For example, we will see it in John chapter 2, verse 11, where Jesus turned water into wine. Do we drink wine? Or is wine, av wine av available? Yes. Do people drink wine? Yes. Do people drink wine at festivities? Yes. People drink wine over Christmas? Yes. Do some BMI people also drink wine over Christmas? I'm showing you what is normal. It's normal to drink wine. But in the miracle of the water changing to, to wine, what is a variation and what is miraculous is that it changed water into, into wine. Are you with me? So somebody coming late or not knowing what happened is drinking the wine. You won't even know that a miracle took place in his midst because it's a slight variation of what is normal. So what? listen to this verse. Wait, wait, wait. Let me read it to you. John 2 verse 11. It's Christmas, so I have to preach quick. This miraculous sign at Cana or Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. Hallelujah. 
and his disciples believed in him. So whenever there's a miracle, or as I would say, a slight variation of what is normal, then the glory of God is revealed. Now, do people build churches? Do people build big auditoriums? Yes. You see, you might not spot that there was glory right here in this place. Because people can't build without money. Uh-huh. People can't establish cathedrals without outside investment or some rich person sending money. So that right here under your noses, you have seen the glory of God revealed. But many people can't spot the glory of God. Amen. So the first thing and the first revelation we glean from the Christmas story is that the glory of God was revealed because there was not. It was a birth. It could have seemed normal to most people. I even believe the innkeeper didn't know about this is a miracle child. Hallelujah. And you know the greatest miracle in, in life, I've told you often, it's not all these healings and stuff. It's the salvation of a soul. Yeah. So you are a walking miracle. If you were truly lost in the world and you've come to Jesus Christ, you are a variation of the normal. Hallelujah. You are a walking miracle. The old hymn says, uh, uh, but, when he's, but, but when he saved my soul, you know that one? He took a miracle, does he? To put the stars in place. He took a miracle to hang the world in space. But when he saved my soul, cleansed and made me whole, it was a miracle of love and of grace. You see, you are a miracle. Tell your neighbor you are a miracle. So I can see by the clearer what it means of the clearer, when I came in, I was surprised at the beauty of the dresses, especially the ladies. And I said to myself, I hope these dresses are paid and I don't have to pray for people at the end of January when the sheriff of the court is knocking at their gates. But even your beauty, I mean, really now, if you're in the world, the devil makes you ugly. But the Lord has changed you and made you into something beautiful. Clap for Jesus. Number two, number two. We are moving. We are closing. Verse 19. Joseph's fiancé was a good man. Everybody say a good man. Do you want to hear the second revelation? He was not willing to disgrace or embarrass his wife. He did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Now, you may get other revelations from the Christmas story. I'm giving you seven that I got. And this revelation is that you get different types of husbands. This husband is what we call the Joseph-type husband. What does this husband do? This is the type of husband that's not willing to disgrace or embarrass his wife. It's in the Bible, verse 19. And that's why the Bible says he was a good man. Amen? All men who are not willing to disgrace and embarrass their wives are good men. 
See if you see a good man sitting close to you. For this he was considered a just man. You don't understand what I'm saying. Some women have very bad behavior. Like say for example Mary now. If Mary was, if there was not a miracle, if there was not a deviation from the norm, then Mary's impregnation was by another boyfriend. Are you with me? So instead of pulling her into the public and say, take this slech throw. I've seen it in Delft before. People pull their wives by the hair and say. He didn't do that. He said, because you have done the sin, I won't publicly disgrace you. If you really understand the Jewish law, he had the right to bring Mary before the priest and she was supposed to be stoned for committing fornication and adultery. But because he was a good man, say good man, he said, let me rather divorce you in they were engaged. So let me leave you and not do it publicly. Let's do it quiet. Let me not tell the people of your bad behavior. Now let me speak to you. It's Christmas, so I don't want to go too deep into this. Many women have very bad behavior. But the reason you don't know it, they are married to Joseph-type husbands. So in the church, they look angelic. But go home. Yeah. Let's get your merry cup. Listen. So it's a good thing to be the Joseph type because, look, all human beings are human beings. Pastor Charlie always preaches, and I believe what he preaches. He says, men don't change much. Pastor Charlie. I'm reading you from the Christmas story. Joseph had to decide, what am I going to do with this bad behaving wife? But he said, I'm going to not tell anybody about your behavior. So men don't change much. Women change a lot. Yes. There's, a, there's what we call the side effects of a Joseph type. There are many Joseph types in this church. Yeah. When I ask them about their wives, they would say, Pastor, ek moet nog eis toe gaan. Ek kan nie nou praten. I can't speak now because I got to go. There's what we call side effects. Do you know every medicine has a side effect? Yeah. They, in the box you must read, side effect. Medicine, like Panadol is like a headache, very big pain tablet. But if you take too much, you get liver disease. There's a side effect. Now there's a side effect to the Joseph type husband. Must I tell you what it is? If you always cover the weakness of the wife, she excels in her bad behavior. Yes. The bad behavior becomes worse. They continue to manifest bad behavior because they're not exposed. Now, because you're in BMI, you've heard sometimes I talk about this, isn't it? Can you imagine the church where the pastor is afraid to talk about bad behavior of women? I mean, it's even worse there because 
It can't be true, they say. Women are angels. Soft like pillows. But you don't know they can be hard like a rock. Let me move to number three so that we have peace at the Christmas table today. I'm not the Joseph type. That's why my wife is blessed. I'm not the Joseph type. What the Joseph type also does, he pleases the wife in everything she does. Are you with me? So instead of telling her to behave well, he does everything to please her. If she needs money, he'll make a way to get money, even if it's illegally. And then everything goes down where you are. Okay, number three. Let's move on. Number three is in verse 20. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Everybody say a dream. I'm giving you revelations from the Christmas story. The first revelation was a miracle. It's only a slight variation. You don't have to look for big things. It's, it's a slight variation. Joseph type husband was number two. Number three, you must not take dreams lightly. Amen. When I was in Korea many years ago, before Dr. Cho died, he preached about three times in the four days I was there. And every time he preached, he mentioned that God speaks through visions and dreams. He, he emphasized it a lot. That's why I come back when you ask me, what did you learn in Korea? I learned that God speaks through visions and dreams. Do not take a dream lightly. Not necessarily your own dream, also somebody else's dream. Are you hearing me? It was never... Even unbelievers can dream and God can be warning you through an unbeliever's dream. Pastor, where do you find this? In the Bible, there was a Pharaoh where dreams... He was not a believer, but God was talking. And Joseph had to reveal the dream of the Pharaoh. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had dreams. And it was Daniel that had to reveal the dreams. Recently, I've had some dreams, and I, 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 I was one of those who didn't dream a lot. Because we were told that sometimes dreams are not dreams from God. It is dreams from eating too much. Because you can't get what you call dreams of the night. You eat the meat too late. Anybody who eats later than 8 o'clock, if you dream, it's possibly, it, it could be the meat and the hemoglobin in the blood vessels of the meat that's having an effect on your brain cells. But the older I get and the more I dream, the more I write down quickly. I never used to do it. Now with the cell phone, I can quickly go to notes and write. And write. So I have about four or five dreams here that I dreamt recently, and I shared it with my wife. Because a dream you can forget if you don't jot it down quickly. And I tell you, it was very serious stuff. Because I've learned not to take dreams lightly. So somebody says, Hey, I see a slang pick you. Then you say, Ach man, they have too much No, you must rebuke the attack that Satan is planning to come against you. You might not see it today, but few weeks down the road, 
you find yourself in a terrible situation, then you don't know God had already warned you through an unbeliever coming to tell you, Exinde Shlang, I pluck you. Pray about it. All you must do about dreams is pray about it. Rebuke it if it's something negative. Thank God if it's something positive. Are you listening to me? What do we learn from the Christmas story? Jesus, uh, Joseph received four dreams in the Christmas story. The first one was take Mary to be your wife. Then it was take the child, run out of this place. Then it was in Egypt, go back. And then it was there, go to Nazareth. Four times an angel. The direction of Jesus Christ as a baby was directed through the dreams of his father. Come on. Don't reject visions and dreams. God speaks through visions and dreams. Clap for Jesus. Number four. Are you there? Okay, here we go. Before I come to number four, I should have said something else. Dreams has to do with the mind, isn't it? But thinking is included in this thing. The Bible says, cast down imaginations. Have you heard that scripture? And every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Are you listening to me? Tell your neighbor, he's almost done. I'm just afraid if I go into this point, I might stay too long. Because my experience as a pastor for 25 years is that this is one of the biggest attacks of Satan on the lives of believers. He affects your thinking. Are you with me? Because you think that a thought is an innocent thing. But the thought can be from Satan. Are you with me? Yeah. And then you haven't cast down that. A thought is something you imagine. Many people imagine that the pastor is against them. Many people imagine that the church is an unfriendly place. And instead of casting down that imagination, they lose something that they should have kept for life. Their progression, their advancement, their fruitfulness, their prosperity is gone because they never fought an imagination. I once asked my staff, I asked my staff, uh, once I asked them all, how many of you once thought, so all of them put up their hands. I was not offended because I knew the, this, this will be the tactic of the enemy yeah, to destroy their very lives. But thank God because they work under my auspices that demons can't really uh, survive here. I cast down such imaginations in the name of Jesus. You see, you can quickly just, your mind can quickly be swayed by something stupid you heard, some imagination you have. And once again, women suffer a lot from imaginations. You, you see a, a, another lady, she didn't even say something, but you imagine what she's thinking. Is it true, ladies? Yeah, ladies can imagine or ladies can read the mind of other ladies. I've never experienced that as a man. 
And if you don't handle that spiritually, it is the beginning of the end. You must control thoughts. This is a negative thought. Yeah. So many people today that is not at a nice place, it happened in the thought pattern. And when your thinking is wrong, you can be completely off. I rebuke negative thinking in your minds. And you must lay your hands on your head like this and say, Lord, deliver me from bad imaginations. Yeah, negative thinking in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We block every negative thought in the name of Jesus. Number four, number four, fear not. Here the angel speaks to Joseph in uh, the same Matthew 1. He said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Do you see it? Uh, Bebano, you at the projector. Put it in yellow every time I'm giving a point, please, if you can. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Do you want to hear the fourth revelation I get from the Christmas story? Is the, is the revelation of commitment. Are you with me? Because some people you must be afraid to be connected to or to be committed to. Uh-huh. The angel said to him, don't be afraid to marry this woman. Some people you must be afraid to marry. I was talking to somebody the other day and I looked at this husband and I said, this woman made a mistake to marry this guy. Do you know you can make a mistake to marry? Because marriage is a free choice, isn't it? The voice doesn't come from heaven and say, this is the wrong person. And if it's not the right man, you need an angel to appear to you and say, be afraid to marry Derek, or be afraid to marry Josephine, or be afraid to marry, be afraid to marry John. Because some things you'll find out later. Aha. Uh -huh. But here's the key. The key of the revelation of this verse is commitment. In other words, never overcommit yourself. Do you see? This was the secret of Jesus Christ. He never overcommitted himself. And I'll show you now because the Bible says he knew what was in man. He never entrusted himself to man because he knew what was in man. So in other words, this whole thing of this my bestie. Have you heard this word bestie? I didn't know that word existed in the Oxford Dictionary until I came to Delft and I heard this my bestie. Also tight. My right tightness can later on art, it can become an enemy. Because you see the mistake you do when you work with, with human beings, don't overcommit yourself. Uh -huh. Like in my case, I have many yelpers. I mustn't say one is my main helper. No, 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 no. Because that main helper can turn out to become my enemy. Uh-huh. Come, i show you quickly. I'm almost finished. Must I close now? John chapter 2, 23. I'm going to show you that it's your commitment that you make that brings most of the problems in your life. Yeah, you, if you commit to a woman, you commit to a husband, most of your tears will come from marriage. Say amen if you believe what I'm saying. Yeah. 
If you commit to friends, besties, most of your tears will come from that friend. Because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many began to trust in him. Are you all with me? Now listen to this powerful verse in 20. But Jesus, everybody say but. Jesus didn't trust them. Because he knew human nature. I love it. Verse 25. You see what it says there? No one needed to tell him. No one needed to tell him. Look there. No one needed to tell Jesus what people are like. So we had 12 disciples. You say Peter was the head. He never told Peter he was the head. Yeah. Do you understand? He even had many women following him. Do you know Jesus? It wasn't only the 12 disciples that walked with him. The Bible says many women followed him. I read you that scripture in case you didn't find it. Um, Luke 8 verse 1. Quickly, Luke 8 1. Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him. Are you with me still quickly? Now just look at this verse. Along with some woman, say some woman. He had healed and from whom he had cast out evil spirits. The woman had evil spirits. The other version calls it Mary. Among them were Mary Magdalene, in whom he had cast out seven demons. Huh? Magdalene is my mother-in-law's name, but I don't know if this is connected to the demons here. <laughs> Go to the next verse. Joanna. Now it's mentioning the woman, right? Mary, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, and Susanna. You see Susanna? And many others who were contributing their own resources and support. But do you know Jesus never married any of them? He didn't marry. You see, to marry is to commit. Isn't it so? But he knew what was in man. So there was no main lady. They were just all in the group. Are you listening? I'm giving you a revelation. Something I learned. I saw it in Bishop Dag's ministry. And I had to come also learn it here. So you must behave. You can't help me anymore. Don't worry. You're part of a group. There'll be another helper. Yeah. You are assistant to me. You, 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 you become an orangu. Don't worry. You're not the only assistant. You're part of a group. There are other assistants. I think, don't think you, you got that one. But one day when you become a leader, there must be no main person, no main assistant, just an assistant. No besties, just friends. You're part of my friends. Amen? But if you marry, of course, then it's a commitment. But you must be afraid. The angel said, don't be afraid to take this one. Are you with me? Because it's something that you must be afraid. Be afraid of commitment. Number five. I'm closing. Play it softly just to ease the people. Play them into the chicken and gammons. It's my time. I can't see. Bring me a phone for a watch quickly. Where are we now? Number five. Names, verse 21. This is the Christmas. And she will have a son. And you are to name him Jesus. Say Jesus. For he will save the people from their sins. Beautiful. He will save the people from their sins. Amen. 
Another river, fifth revelation is that names will fight for you. Names will fight for you. If you're not spiritual, you think that the name is just something you can give. But names have spiritual implications. Is anybody hearing me? Names are very spiritual. That's why I call this place Zion Sanctuary. Zion means the holy hill of God. Amen. In the Bible, you'll see it all through the ages. Yeah. My mother, my father christened me Christopher. We asked my mother and father, where did they get our names from? And they told us they used to go to movies and then they used to like the movie stars. So they called all our children after the movie stars. Like my brother's Mark, Mark, I think Mark Kondo was a book. If you're older than 60, you might know what I'm talking about. Mark Kondo was some actor or something. Steve McQueen was my, my other brother. Name after, I'm Christopher because Christopher Plummer was an actor. Then Clint Eastwood was my, my brother after me. Yes, and so on and so on. But when I went to, to look up my name, because you think a name is a joke. So I saw that my name, my name is what I'm living today. My name means Christova, to carry Christ over. Christ over. Some people, when they make a mistake, they say Christ, Christ Ross, but it's Christ Ross. But my name is Christopher. Carry Christ over. In other words, you must be careful that you love your name. In other words, it is a spiritual implication. It can eventually become who you are. Bishop Dag's name, he always says, his name is Dag. sounds like a funny name, but it's from the Holland name, Dag. Dag. He's a bright shining star. The night is gone and the day has broken. Wow. So what does your name mean? Devilse oorkissing or what is your name? But names become important. So look, look. They didn't tell, they didn't tell Joseph to give him any name. They said you shall call him Jesus. Yeah. In the Hebrew it's Yeshua. Joshua. And it means Savior. Why must you call him Jesus? Because he will save the people from their sins. Amen. Why must you call him Christopher? He will carry Christ over to many people. Glory to God. Zion. That's why we, we mention these names. You see, that's the garden as a name. That wall as a name. This as a name. We're gonna, our other walls are all going to receive names because names are important. Names have spiritual meanings. Names have places. It can turn out to be just like the name is. Did Jesus become the Savior of the world? I ask you, was he, is he the Savior of the world? Because that was the name given to him. Hallelujah. Don't take names lightly. Second, lastly, number six. He will save the people from their sins. Shame verse 21. He will save the people from their sins. This is the biggest problem that we have today is our sin. Amen. How many of you have played snakes and ladders before? There are board games. One is called Ludo. You know Ludo? It's not such a danger. The game that really irritates me is snakes and ladders. 
Because if you throw the dice, you go up, 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 up. It's, it's the same like life, isn't it? It's the same like life. Sometimes you get promotion and you start moving forward. Amen? But there are certain places on your journey, there's a snake waiting for you. And the worst snake is just before you cross over to 100. You find that snake on 99. You didn't play that game before? He swallows you right back to two. You didn't see that game? It's called Snakes and Ladders. It's the story of life. You're moving, 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 but when the snake bites you, it's the sin in your life. It's the sin that will take you down. And we need redemption, deliverance from sin. Man's biggest problem is the sin that he commits. Yeah. I've told you before, people have other excuses for decisions they make. But if you look deep down inside, you see that they have committed a sin. And the snake has bitten them. And they come from their high, just about to enter. Just about to win the game. They were running ahead of others. But they come sliding down to number two. Maybe that's the story of your life as I close. The snake has bitten you. You're not living the way you should. Every time you want to move forward, you slide down again. But the Bible says, you shall call his name Jesus. He will be the savior of the people. Hallelujah. He will save the people from their sins. And we thank God that Jesus has come to save us from our sins. Clap for Jesus. Verse 24 and verse 25, I'm closing. Verse 24, 25, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel said. And verse 25, verse 25, he did not have sexual relations with him until the son was born. And Joseph named him. Jesus, just like the angel told him. Amen. Do you see this great revelation? He did not have sexual relations with her until Jesus was born. What does it mean? Look, they were married. So he had all the right to have sexual relations with his wife, but he abstained. And this is the revelation. When you follow Jesus Christ, are you listening? You will all, it will all, when you follow Jesus Christ, it will always affect your sexual life. Joseph had to restrain for one year. The King James Version said he knew her not. That means he didn't have sex with her. So for nine months, no sex, and maybe still another three months after for recovery. So for one year, even though she was his wife, there was a sexual restraint on Joseph. Now what does that mean for you? All Christians who follow Jesus Christ, it must affect your sexual life. And that's the biggest problem of Christians because it's a natural thing, but you have to control it. You're going to have to restrain yourself. Are you with me? You can't just have sex anywhere, anytime. When I look at my young girls in the church, I always tell my wife, we must pray for them. Because the biggest temptation will be sexual contact. Yeah. And it messes up their whole futures. Yeah. You see, when you don't have Jesus, then there's no restraint. You can do what you want to, 
sleep with that boy this Christmas, next Christmas have another boy. But when you follow Christ, there will always be a sexual restraint on your life. If you are married, you must only have sex with your wife. Say amen. Because you see, we can't, you see, don't pretend. God hates pretense. You see, our biggest problem is in this area. Yeah. You can have a pastor scholar on, an elder scholar. Pastors don't speak to you as fr frankly as I do. Your greatest temptation will be in the sexual arena. But if you have Jesus Christ, there must be some restraint. Especially the men. Are you listening to me? I'm reading Christmas story. Joseph didn't have sex with his wife for 12 months. You can't just go after your passion. A woman walks past you and you see the buttocks go one for you, one for me, one for you. Then you want to go there. No, you must restrain yourself. Our young, our young people that's not yet married, you can't touch the girl anywhere. Can't you be like Joseph? Only the answer first, I say, oh, can so. You see, you think I'm, make, I'm playing the fool, but most of your lives are messed up because you don't listen to my preaching. You must restrain yourself. He knew not his wife until Jesus was born. Wow. What a revelation. What a revelation. And all men, your eyes are not blind. You will see temptation. You will see the buttocks. The one pastor, he was praying loud. He forgot he was in the prayer meeting and the mic was by him. So he was praying for all the temptations he had. Then he kneeled on the mic and on the mic he said, Oh Lord, when I see the buttocks, Lord. Oh, Lord, the temptation, Lord. And all the people knew that was his problem. But you see, you look so prim and proper. You don't have temptations, you see. Jesus came to die for the Son of Man, to deliver us. When Christ is in you, you must restrain yourself. If you have married a wife, you stay with her. You don't embarrass her. Take care of her. Bow your heads in prayer with unfinished preaching. Thank you, Jesus. Is there somebody here today you came for Christmas service? Nobody walks around now, no movement. You came for the Christmas service. But your life is not what it should be. You know you need to follow Christ. You must come to Jesus to change your life. To change your heart maybe you're the one I'm talking about you've got no restraint you've been living a life of adultery and fornication you need Christ he came to pay for the sins of men Joseph do not be afraid to take Mary to your wife she shall conceive and bear a son and you shall call him Jesus he will save the people from their sins. Maybe you've done many mistakes. 
Jesus Christ wants to set you free from all your mistakes. He's come to save the world from the sins and the mistakes. If you live outside of Christ, you will go down with the snake to the bottomless pit. But if you come to Jesus, a new life will start for you today. Is there someone like that that wants me to pray before I close the meeting? Say, Pastor, pray for me. I need to give my life to Christ and I need to follow Him from this day forward. Put up your right hand. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I see a lady at the back. I see a lady. Can everybody stand? And then those who put up their hands, quickly come forward. We're closing the service now. Just come before I close. Don't be shamed. Come out of your seat. Come to me in the front. I want to pray for you. Come quickly. Come quickly. Yes. Sing it again. Come on to Pastor Ali, move the people to the center. Give him your Best time to receive Christ is when you're young. Best time before the unhappy days come. I was 12 years old when I gave my life to Christ. I was the age of this girl. How old are you? How old are you? How old are you? How old are you? I was 12. I was not so old. I was so old. I was so old. I was so old. I was so old. Amen. The greatest decision. How old are you? How old are you? Vertaalva 14. Ik was nog jonger als Jay. Toen ging ik mijn hart voor de Heer. Beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. On this Christmas morning, you cannot forget the 25th of December. You came to say, Jesus, save me from my sins. Amen. Now, all of you in front, say these words after me. Lift your hands like this. Say, Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus, I come to you today. I come to you today. I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for my sins. I confess. I confess. I made many mistakes. I made many mistakes. I followed the wrong path. I followed the wrong path. But from today. But from today. I want to follow you. I want to follow you. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. For all my mistakes. For all my sins. The Bible says. The Bible says. You came to this world. You came to this world. To save us from our sins. To save us from our sins. Now save me, Jesus. Now save me, Jesus. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. Wash me. Wash me. With your precious blood. With your precious blood. Write my name. Write my name. In the book of life. In the book of life. From today. From today. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to follow you. From today. From today. I will serve you. I will serve you. I turn my back. I turn my back. On the devil. On the devil. On my old life. On my old life. I want to follow after you. I want to follow after you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We clap for the Lord. God bless you for listening to this message. Remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind.